Creative Brain Candy by creators for creators. You know, I think we're going to go ahead and skip the normal shoot the shit intro there, Bacon. No, I don't want to, but let's do it. <laughs> no, I think we should because uh, this is a very special episode for the very first time ever. And we didn't even know if we would do this. We actually have a quote unquote civilian, but also content creator on the episode. That is going to be John from the podcast on the Creative Brain Candy Network, uh, Video Game Lounge. Is it the Video Game Lounge or just? I've just game called lounge? it Video Game Lounge. We just abbreviate to VGL for short. So, yeah. VGL yeah. does work. So, <laughs> thank you guys <laughs> for having me, man. I'm I'm really looking excited or really looking excited, really looking forward. <laughs> right, there we go. Yeah, I can Let's tell. get the blooper out of the way just right off the fucking bat. Um, yeah, I'm really looking so, forward. To so I don't know forward. if you listen to any time that uh, Bacon edits, but he leaves all the bloopers in. All the uh, technical difficulties, all that crap. It just stays there. And So, John, you reached out to us uh, a couple months back when we were doing the uh, big pimping or mega pimping yeah. series. And uh, we kind of were like, maybe we should get together with some of the other content creators on the Creative Brain Candy Network. And we didn't reach out to anybody. You actually reached out to us and said, hey, I want to be on the podcast. And we were like, hell yeah, let's do it. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I, I really loved what you guys did with the Super Pimp series. And, you know, for each, I, I love how you guys kind of tailored each episode to each individual podcast on the network and then also put your guys's you know, your own EFM spin to it. And I was like, man, I'd just be really cool to kind of hop on. Uh, and then I sent you the world's longest email of the two questions I love to, <laughs> you know, to ask anyone who is serving or has served. And you were like, dude, I think that's our show. And I was like, oh, cool. Awesome. Let's let's do it. So, <laughs> yeah, because we were like, what are we going to do? And then you wrote the email. I'm like, ah, let's do that. Uh, and we're going to get to it very shortly. But before we do, there's a few things we have to get out of the way. You're listening to Eyes Forward March, a podcast geared towards building the core of the non-commissioned officers. Heat up your MRE, crack open a cold rippet, and join your platoon daddies, Sergeant Bacon and Sergeant Seaguard, as they continue to build networking skills, have some laughs, uplift morale, and talk about daily issues soldiers face. Let's begin. One of the first things that we do on almost every single, or well, actually every single episode in 2022, Bacon. Is it time? Is it time? John? It's time. It's time. Oh, it's time. It's time for military history. It's so corny. I think that's the best part of the whole thing. It really is. This week is uh, March 13th through March 19th of uh, 2022. And so we're going to start out in 1943. There was a plot to kill Hitler. Um, the German officers, they wanted to do this and uh, it failed. The bomb they uh, had planted aboard his airplane didn't explode because they had a faulty detonator. So, so we get a couple more years of that guy. Yeah, well, you'll have that. So then... Moving on to uh, March 14th of 1879, a guy by the name of Albert Einstein was born. 
He was born in Germany, and uh, he had the theory of relativity, and that led to new ways of thinking about time, space, matter, energy, all that fun crap I don't know anything about. And then he received a Nobel Prize in 1921. In 1933, he was an outspoken critic of the Nazi Germany, and believing that the Nazis might develop an atomic bomb, he warned President Roosevelt and urged the U.S. to develop one of their own. Because that's what everyone needs, is an atomic bomb. If yeah, Well, if one is good, five is better. I figured that's why Taco Bell was created. Yes. <laughs> the atomic bomb. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to destroy something. That's what happens anytime I eat it, that's for sure. <laughs> Make a run for the border. <laughs> a run for the bowl. Yeah. Moving along, March 15th, 44 BC. And I'm still old school. I still call it BC and AD. There's some cool other crap out there. BC. What else is there? There's that BCE. Before Common Era. It's something weird. The kids were talking about it. But anyway. Sure. It's fucking weird. It is. But it's as long as it's not BBC. (laughs) (laughs) So Julius Caesar. 443 BBC was like yesterday. Yeah. Not in your world. That was like 43 times. (laughs) Oh, Oh, shit. Shit. So, March 15th, 44 BC, Julius Caesar was assassinated in the Senate chamber in Rome by Brutus and fellow conspirators. At first, he was trying to defend himself against the murderous onslaught. Caesar saw Brutus with a knife, too, and he said those wonderful lines. Et tu, Brute. There we go. Wow. Caesar gave up, and he was stabbed to death. Yeah. So, Not before creating the dressing, I hope. Was he right? Was he stabbed by BBCs? Oh, Maybe. 443 of them. That's a lot of stabs. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that's where I think Shakespeare said, beware of the Ides of March. That's where that whole thing came from. The Ides are the 15th, the middle of the month. Interesting. We got another birthday. On uh, March 15th, a guy by the name of uh, Andrew Jackson. Hmm. He ended up being the seventh president of the United States. And he was born in a log cabin in Waxhaw, South Carolina. He uh, volunteered to serve in the Revolutionary War and was captured by British. He refused an order to clean the officer's boots and was slashed by a sword. Jackson (laughs) later gained fame as a hero during the War of 1812. In politics, he helped form the new Democratic Party and became the first man from an impoverished background to be elected president, serving from 1829 to 1837. Damn. And he's the guy on the $20 bill. Yeah. I mean, if you know what a $20 bill is. Yeah. I mean, that's when you win at the ATM, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It costs $3.25 somewhere around there to win said $20 bill, but... Why didn't they just make it a sixteen seventy five bill then? No. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> All right. March 16th in 1968, New York Senator Robert Kennedy announced his intention to run for pres- 
of the Democratic nomination. That didn't go so long for him. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of had some bad luck there. Also, March 16th of 1751, James Madison was born. He was the fourth president of the United States. He was born in Port Conway, Virginia. And he played an important role in the formation of the U.S. Constitution following the Revolutionary War. During the War of 1812, President Madison was forced to flee Washington, D.C., while the British attacked and burned the White House and other important public buildings. So we've all heard that story about his wife grabbing the pictures and the whole thing, right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Interesting times. March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all I got for that. Right. <laughs> Mark, I, you should have forewarned me. I, I I would have had like some music or something. Yeah, in there. we can figure that out in post. Maybe you can send yeah. me some post. Some yeah, leprechaun dancing. March eighteenth <laughs> of eighteen thirty seven, Grover Cleveland was born. He was the twenty second president of the United States and also the twenty fourth president. He, uh, he was born in Caldwell, New Jersey, and he was the only president to. Su- to serve two non-consecutive terms. And he was also the president to be married in the White House. Yeah. Oh, like the actual reception was yeah, like in the, the White House? ceremony. Yeah. Top that. Yeah, right. That would kick Like, ass. that's a baller move. You're just like, right? all right, adios. Yeah, honey, I love you, and I'm going to marry you, but I'm only going to do it in the White House. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. So this one, you might remember there. Cigar, March 19th, 2003, the United States launched an attack against Iraq to topple the dictator Saddam Hussein from power. The attack commenced with aerial strikes against military sites, followed the next day by an invasion in southern Iraq by the U.S. and British ground troops. The troops made a rapid progress northward and conquered the country's capital, Baghdad, just 21 days later, ending the rule of Saddam. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, I remember that very well. And finally, March 19th of 1848, a fellow by the name of Wyatt Earp was born. Oh, yeah. He became the legendary figure in the Wild West as a lawman and a gunfighter. And he was best known for the shootout at the OK Corral in 1881 which the Earp brothers, Wyatt, Virgil, Morgan, fought and defeated the Ike Clanton gang. I feel like after there's a shootout at an establishment, you can no longer call it the OK Corral. <laughs> the not-so-OK Corral. <laughs> like, it used to be OK. Like, it had four stars. Yeah. And then the shooting happened. It's kind of a shady corral at this point. <laughs> can we just talk about those names? What, what were they again? Wyatt? Uh, Wyatt, Morgan, and Virgil. Yeah, okay. Morgan's the only one that's like a semi-normal name, but Virgil and Wyatt, wow. But yeah, that's it. Uh, I I could add in that on uh, March 16th of, uh, what year was it? Man, I had it and I don't even know, but March 16th, whatever the hell year it was, uh, Wolfgang Van Halen was born. Oh, Mm. Yeah, and uh, I'm a I'm a huge Van Halen fan, so you know that's cool. 
John, I feel like you felt a few, or you uh, brought a few things to the. To oh, the so order. yeah, I have this week two two things in video game history. Um, okay. So March sixteenth, two thousand six, the ESRB, which is the Entertainment Software Ratings Board, uh, started doing a thing where they were going to sanction mature rated games or M rated games. So anything. Like basically, an M-rated game is anything that you can find in a R-rated movie. So you can have sex, you can have nudity, you can have shit tons of violence. Um, but they they made it possible, or really, I should say, impossible now for anyone under the age of seventeen to be able to download or purchase uh, M-rated games from a store or from like a an online thing. So that was March sixteenth, two thousand six. I was then, gonna say, I was gonna say that, like, uh, if and I'm a I'm a micro video gamer. I do enjoy sure. playing video games for a, for a little bit, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I am definitely not in depth uh, as you guys are on VGL. Uh, but I do remember hearing that there was a huge like difference in the ratings between what you get out of a movie and yeah. what you get out of video game. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it it, came, it really came to a head with this in two thousand six. Like just the the level of brutality that you can put in an M rated game, uh, and some of the games that they offered at that time for their blood, gut, score, and violence was just absolutely asinine. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, so the the ESRB board kind of became a thing at this time, and then started like really clamping down on what games were available for kids of a certain age. Um. And then fast, actually, rewind to March 19th, 1973, and that was when Konami started making video games. Are you guys familiar with Konami? You know? I have heard the name. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Street Fighter. Don't they do Street Fighter? Yeah, they do. It, man, it's a shit ton of stuff. So it's Street Fighter. It's Metal Gear Solid. It's Castlevania. It's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, they've been around since the late 70s. They oh, have. Dang. Fighting in a half yeah. shell? Yeah, man. Silent Hill. Um, yeah, they they have a yeah, lot back of great in, games. So back Mark, in the day when you used to go to an arcade, yeah, like yeah, everything was ninety percent of yeah, everything was Konami. Yeah, and one one of their first games is actually, um, oh my god, uh, Contra. There we go. Oh yeah, Contra. Oh Contra. Yeah. I'm a huge Contra nerd. Yeah, yeah, man. I did not like the new one. That they just released, uh, what, two years ago? Three years ago? Uh, yeah, a couple of years ago. Yeah, I did not like the, the way that they put that together. Just didn't so. care. Well, you can go work so. at Konami and change it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I highly doubt it. That was military history! And as always... We have to pimp somebody on the Creative Brain Candy Network. I hoped that the rotation would work Th out. That it was going to be us? Yeah, it, it's, it's fine. Not. Yeah, I really hoped. But I didn't want to wait that long. I was super excited yeah. to have you on. No worries, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Bacon, who are we pimping? Uh, stay, stay wild, trauma child. I think, I think you're right. Do you like true crime? Oh my god, Kat, you can't just wrong, ask people if they that's like the wrong one. Yeah. wrong one. I'm curious. Oh, that's well, STD. Curiosity killed the cat. Do you like... <laughs> I'm leaving it's that It's time in. for the wrong <laughs> podcast commercial. <laughs> oh, I'm recording that. I am going to use that as a drop. All right, let's try this one. Psst. 
Excuse us. We've been trying to reach you about your life's traumatic experiences. No, no. Don't hit fast forward. We come in peace. I'm Jamie. And I'm Steph. And we're the hosts of the Stay Wild Trauma Child podcast. We are two best friends who are openly sharing their healing journeys while navigating sudden loss, parenthood, relationships, mental health, and so much more. So grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and join us every other Tuesday night for some hard truths, a whole lot of laughs, and maybe even a little bit of healing. We will shut up now and let you get back to your show. Stay wild, future trauma child. Emotional damage! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love those on Instagram. That's great. Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, I had to do that one. (laughs) Dude, Jamie had an epic story, though, on uh, the last episode of Spoiler. That was funny shit. Oh, I was laughing so damn hard. Uh, anyway. I have to catch up on spoiler. Yeah. this I would start with this one and work your way back. But <laughs> <laughs> just so you're up to date with that story. Oh, my God. Yeah. it Actually, what's funny is, is that there's only a small handful of podcasts that I listen to on a regular basis. And for whatever reason, like all of them had a huge pause in putting content out and then all of a sudden everybody came back and now I'm playing catch up. Well, what do you say? Should we talk a little bit about those questions that John sure. had? Yeah, let's get yeah, into let's that. Yeah, let's get into it. I mean, you wrote a very lengthy novel of I an did. email. I did. I apologize. Uh, which was <laughs> No, it was really good. It was really good. Um, but you had uh well, at least two really good questions in there uh, that I thought we would cover. The first one uh, really kind of being like, um, you know, your history and so forth and a job that you had. And even if you're just out in the public and you're, you happen to run across a soldier and you ask or you say uh, the same thing that so many people do, what is that? Uh, You, I, I always come across like wanting to say or find a way to respectfully say, thank you for your service. And like I kind of explained in that email um, where I, I found at times it, it's really been a 50-50 split between, uh, hey, man, thank you for acknowledging that or saying that versus, um, hey, please don't ever say that. And even and that can even be kind of broken down into two things. The don't say that could be, hey, I do this for my country. I don't do it for recognition. Or please don't say that. Because you don't know what it is that I've sacrificed or you don't know what it is that you're talking about. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Non-starter conversation done. Um, Let me buy you a sandwich or something. (laughs) You know, it's um, (laughs) so we've kind of talked a little bit about it, uh, like minutely in the past, you know, about uh, how, like, for instance, I don't like to travel to and from work in uniform because if I'm in uniform, I stop, I got to you know, uh, put gas in my, uh, gas guzzling vehicle, uh, constantly. Um, what else are you going to put gas in? Well, I mean, it's a gas guzzler, right? And I, I always make sure that right after I fill my tank with gas, I go to the local burger shop and I ask for the styrofoam containers. Uh, and they know it's me because I pull up it's whale skin hubcaps on the old Jeep beep beep. But anyway, um, yeah, I don't want people to ask me what do I think about this? What do I think about that? Especially in today's environment. Yo, shut your door. Okay. Leaving that in. 
Yeah. <laughs> I have a 14-year-old son that is very into his video game. He'd probably be better in this chair right now than I would. But. Well, let's give him an interview. <laughs> go for it. should have him on VGL. Yeah. yeah. Do bring it. Bring him on. Probably kick my ass He'd have Call a good time. <laughs> Throw him in the no, chair. No, he's a. Fortnite, Fortnite yeah. or okay. I don't know what he's playing right yeah. now. I mean, be Ellen DeGeneres and throw him in the hot seat. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Neither one of us likes to travel. In in uniform. Farther than yeah. we have to in uniform. Right. And uh, basically, it's like an advertisement, right? Like, it's not that we're ashamed of what right. we're doing or whatever, but it's just more of the advertisement, right? Because it's like. The world is a scary place, and the less people know what you're doing, the less problems yeah. you can have. For me, when somebody says, thank you for your service, I typically just respond with, um, thank you for your support. Right. There you go. It's the easiest, right, doing something courteous, and for you to be attacked for that isn't cool. You know, and somebody like, don't ever say that again. Like, no, like, you, you're showing your respect, the the way you can, the best way you know how. Yeah. And so the really it c- could come back to those service members just being assholes because that happens. It, it Yeah, it happens sure. uh, a lot. Uh, I think that most of the time if I happen to go out for lunch and I eat sitting down at the restaurant, most of the time that's where I get it. Thank you for your service. Mm. And yet, I appreciate your support. Thank you for your support. But in the back of my head, I'm literally like, I'm eating. Right. Yeah. Don't bother me. <laughs> I just want right. to. I want to finish my meal. Yeah, I can understand that. I think like the genesis for for me wanting to ask this, I, I guess maybe a little bit of background, at least for me, for for listeners' sake, and kind of what I briefly explained in the email that I sent you. Like for me, the the job that I, I previously had, I used to spend a lot of time in VA hospitals. Um, the job that I had mm-hmm. uh, would require me to travel around the country, and we do installations for signage, ADA signage, directional signage, all types of stuff. And ninety percent of our contracts were VA hospitals. I've also been on military bases like Fort Benning, Quantico, because um, I'm based and Maryland. So Quantico is not far from here, just outside of DC. Um, and we were in San Antonio back in 2008. At the time, the VA hospital was brand spanking new. Um, and we were in their physical therapy um, wing. And at the time, one of the gentlemen that I worked with was a 20-year veteran of the Marine Corps, retired as a gunnery sergeant, which correct me if I'm wrong, that's an E9, I think. That's sound right? Uh, Maybe. Do, do you know? Because I mean, that's the Marine Corps. E7. Yeah, would be a gunnery sergeant. Yeah, I think I think he was gunnery sergeant or master gunnery sergeant. But he had just like this unique and and incredible ability to talk to just about anyone. And he that's really how I uh, learned and kind of was interested in talking with people who had served or soldiers or anything. And we found that a couple of the guys that we had saw in this physical therapy ward, they were part of the same uh, company. They were stationed in an outpost somewhere in Afghanistan that was in a pretty remote part. And they were, once a week, they would travel by Humvee to go to like another city to pick up supplies to then last them for about a week or a couple of weeks or so. And then they would kind of do this route every couple of weeks or so. And one of these weeks, their Humvees got 
got hit with a couple of car bombs. And it was six dudes that were stationed together, and then they all came to San Antonio to do physical therapy together. I don't know if that's common or not. You guys would probably know better. If guys get injured within the same company, would they keep them together? Is that a normal thing? It would really depend on the nature of the injuries. You know, if let's say San Antonio is a place for people with lower extremity injuries, they might all go there. Or where uh, Walter Reed may be uh, a head trauma center, then they would send, you know, kind of spread you out based off your injuries. Yeah. And so these these guys, so I was 22 at the time. Five out of these six guys were younger than me. Four out of the six had lost at least one limb. And I remember talking to a couple of these guys and, you know, trying, trying my best to like let them know like, man, dude, I am sorry. And I appreciate what you did. Like I not able to serve you were, I'm sorry, you know, for the loss of, of a limb and try to be as like respectful as possible. And like the first guy I talked to was like, man, I appreciate you saying that. That's really cool. Um, like appreciate your support or, you know, thank you for the support. The second guy I talked to was like, man, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. Like I shouldn't have joined I'm just ready to go home. Like, please don't thank me. Like, this was a mistake. I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. Like, sorry, dude. Wasn't trying to bring it up. Just wanted to let you know that someone was thankful and kind of cared. And then the third guy that I talked to is like, dude, don't say that. You don't know what I sacrificed. You don't know what I saw. You don't. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. Fair point. End of discussion. Like, I'm just going to move on with my day. I hope things get better for you, man, because you deserve it. You know, so and that's actually a really valid point too, because when people do say thank you for your service, I know they mean well, but for me, yeah, you know, I've deployed twice. I've seen a few right. things, but nothing major. I've never seen any IEDs or roadside bombs or anything like that. So yeah, subliminally right. or or in the back of my mind, I'm always like, why thank me? I I did I haven't sacrificed like so many soldiers have. There are so many soldiers mm-hmm. out there that their lives are completely changed because of their service in the military. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I guess maybe I have to understand that when you say thank you for your service, maybe you're not telling me specifically thank you for your service, but hey, tell all your brothers and sisters in arms, thank you for everything done. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, the other part of it is you don't know if that person that's thanking you for your service is a veteran or another current service member. Yeah, Right. You know, so, I mean, there's that aspect of it too. So, I mean, like if you lead into it and saying, you know, like, Hey, thanks for what you did. I can't serve. Yeah. Then he's going to know. But if I walk up to somebody and I'm like, Hey, thank you for your service. They don't know. Yeah. Right. They don't know what I do. Right. Or how long I've been doing. And there's some people out there that'll wear clothing or hats or something that should theoretically symbolize that they've been somewhere they've done something. Yeah, but then you always got those people out there that go to the local PX and find a cool hat and pay twenty bucks to uh, steal a little valor. Yeah, oh yeah, episode forty-four. <laughs> <laughs> Callback. It, it's a crazy thing. I mean, yeah, you. I get it. You want to show your appreciation. We've had. I've had people buy me meals and stuff like that, and I'm like, yeah, sure, yeah, thank you. You don't need to. I, I I'm doing okay. I wonder if it's something that also just as kind of just thinking as as civilians kind of are almost trained to almost any time we see a soldier that has to be the response right it's almost like liking it to to if you've ever been in church and you hear someone go yeah I'll pray for you but they 
it's just like it's something you say that person may not actually pray for you it's just you're trained to say it when you see someone going through shit right and it's i think when you see a soldier and you're like oh man we got to thank this guy we got to support the troops we got you know i wonder if it's just it kind of becomes a checklist item rather than something from from the heart i guess is what i'm saying I, I know what my intention is, but you don't know what my intention is, maybe, or what the average Joe or Jane's intention is. Sure. And, and I feel like that mentality of I want to show my appreciation has grown tenfold ever since, uh, vet, and I don't know when it happened, but when Veterans Day all of a sudden became a day for veterans to go out and get everything for free, free meals, 20% discount, it's like, yeah, you really kind of notice that after like 2004, after like the first OIF one rotation. So like after I came home, right, you really started noticing that stuff. Was it was it that long ago? I feel like it was later because my first rotation was 0304, and I felt like there was several years before they started doing that. That's really when I noticed it was in 04 when I got back. But well, and at the same point, the uh, OIF, OEF, you know, the, the 2002, yeah. 2003, that was, that was a retaliation war, sort of speak. I'm not right. trying to throw titles or names or anything into it, but it's like, whoa, these guys came over here and effed with our stuff payback time. Right. And, and I think, so that's going to cause a different reaction with the military than in history where it's like, why, what are we doing there? Why are we doing this? World domination. We're all playing a big game of risk game of risk yeah there we go we got it uh so yeah anybody got anything else to say on that topic no uh no i guess not <laughs> it's not a great answer yeah it's an answer i guess now i love the next question and i actually thought that we were going to yeah. spend more time on this question sure i i kind of yeah i'm really interested and in, and in ready to dive into this i'd really love to get your but both your takes on this, because this is uh, something I wrote in the email is something that really fundamentally changed like what I was going to do in and after high school. <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, Bacon, you want me to kind of just break this down for, you know, for the listeners or. Yeah, if you want to uh, read it, go Barney style, because I'm, I'm really slow. <laughs> so um, um, <laughs> so we, we got to rewind all the way back to early 2002. We are less than six months past 9-11 and the high school that I was at at the time held one of these you know we just called them assemblies it was kind of like a something that would take up you know two or three class periods usually you know sometimes it'd be a music act or a magician or a comedian or something would come to the school but this time was specifically for the armed forces and we had recruits there from or recruiters from each branch of the military. So we had Army, we had Navy, we had Air Force and everything. And each um, recruiter kind of gave like a, you know, five to 10 minute long kind of PowerPoint um, presentation of why to join their specific branch. And then afterwards, there was like a, w this was held in the in the gym. Um, each recruiter kind of had their own booth and it was kind of uh, like open for people to come and get packets or information, ask questions and that kind of a thing. At the time, I would have been in 10th grade and I knew that I had a buddy who was in a different high school who was a little older than me, but he was already committed to go to the Air Force. He was from a family of six kids, blended family. He had two younger brothers and was already committed to go to the Air Force because uh, he was 17 at the time. And I was like, oh man, you know, my buddy Jimmy, he's been interested in the Air Force. So I'll go check this out. So I went to go talk to the Air Force recruiter and just a lot of preliminary questions like, hey, why do you think you may want to serve or, you know, um, w what, you know, interest you? And I was like, well, you know, 
at the time I'm in 10th grade. I'm like, well, four years of college seems pretty cool. Let's, you know, I'll sign up, you know. Um, and then we kind of started, he started asking about family history. He's like, has anyone in your family ever served? And I was like, well, my great grandfather, he served in World War One. Okay, what about your father or grandfather? I'm like, um, no, they were both the, the only male in their family. And I was like, actually, my dad is deceased. They're like, okay, do you have any brothers? I'm like, no, I'm the oldest of three. I have two younger sisters. Why is why is that an issue? It's like, well, you won't be allowed to serve for what we're looking for because you're the last male of your family. Uh, and if you were to sign up with us and go into combat and die, you would be genetically dead. Your family line would be over, would, would be done. Uh, and your your family name would not carry on. And like, you'd be the sole survivor. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know that this was a thing. I'd never heard of this before. And the recruiter then told me like, you can ask, you can go to any one of these other tables and these guys will tell you the same thing. Thanks for, for coming out. But you know, we're not going to accept you. I was like, okay. <laughs> and I have brought this story to many a people. And it's, again, another one of those things where I've, it's been a damn near 50-50 split where I've had some people go, oh, yeah, that makes sense because that that's kind of what they were doing at this time right after 9-11. And then the other half going, what the fuck are you talking about? I've never heard of this. So, gentlemen, I pose this to you. Do you have any idea or recollection what this is or was? Yeah. So I don't know, Bacon, if you wanna if you wanna hit this first, or if you want me to go. Go go ahead and go first. Okay. I know you and I talked offline a little bit about that. A little bit. Okay. So for everybody and anybody who may ever listen to this podcast, especially if you were under the age of seventeen or approaching the age of seventeen, and may talk to a recruiter, especially in today's world and with all the technology, if something doesn't sound right. Google it, do the research because the, and I, and there's a lot of recruiters out there that will not tell you anything that is not 100% for sure, certain and everything. But there are recruiters out there that will just tell you whatever the hell they want to tell you to get, to get the enlistment. Now you hmm. said 2002. Yeah. I feel like he, he or she probably got to Saving Private Ryan a little bit late since the movie came out in 1998. It was about it was about three brothers who uh, went into combat. Two of them died. There's only one left, and now uh, this platoon or squad has to go in and get that last brother to keep the the bloodline. Right? We got to get that brother right. out there. But what happened when they found the brother? The brother said, "No, we're staying here. We're fighting this. We're doing this." Yeah. Which is cool. It's heroic. It's it's the story. I get that, right? So there is such a thing as the sole survivor policy. It's a DOD directive. It's not a regulation or anything like that. But okay. the only way that that is enacted is if it is requested. It's almost like an exemption of policy. So you would literally have to be oh. like, oh, crap. I came here with three brothers. Uh, now there's only two. I want to go home. Right. Right. Or... Before you deploy, you say, hey, I, I want to utilize the sole survivor policy. And if you really break down and think about it, what is sole survivor? And you actually said it yourself. It's the bloodline, right? So are right. you saying yeah. that the females in your family don't carry the bloodline? Right. Well, maybe it, it, potentially they get married, they take someone else's last name, then the last name doesn't carry on. So maybe that's what they're going with bloodline. Right, but that's not a bloodline. The bloodline yeah. carries on. Yeah. The, by the female taking the last name, that's just 
one family succumbing to another family saying this name right. is the head of the household. My wife hyphenated and she is the head of the household. Right. No matter how hard I fight, she is the head of the household. <laughs> you know. Don't argue yeah. with that either. So I guess my whole thing is is that I and I did. I asked several recruiters that I knew when you at, you wrote that email. I'm like, "Have you heard of this?" and all of them Obviously, they have, but maybe one of them was in the military in 2002. Uh, but all of sure. them said, "Yeah, I've never heard. Of it. I've never had to deal with." It. And so I did a little hmm. research, and you know, I'm, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, "Okay, it really boils down to an exemption of policy that is only by request." Gotcha. Right. Because then uh, on my second deployment in 2009, both of my brothers and I deployed together. So all three of us in 2003, one of my brothers deployed with me, but we had, I think it was 43 somehow combinations of brothers and sisters, husbands and wives, all deployed. Wow. You know, for our entire battalion. Wow. Yeah. So I've, I had never heard of that. I'd heard of the, I had known it as a Sullivan yes. Act because it was based off yep. of like five brothers, the Sullivan brothers. And there's actually a song out there oh, really? about that. I know there's like a, I know there's like a Navy destroyer okay. boat named after him or something. Yep. Um, but anyway, that's what this, is based off of, and again, like uh, Seagar was saying, is that it's a request to enact that um, sole survivor policy. It's it's not a a law or anything like that. So, but I had never heard of somebody saying, no, no, you can't join the military because of this. Because how many how many people are out there that are sure. children? That yeah, are in the military? no doubt. Well, I'm an only child. I, I well, I have one sister, yeah. so I'm the only male. So so I actually years ago brought this up kind of in a joking manner because I really don't care. I basically said, I'm the only son. This was the uh, 0304 deployment. I'm like, oh, if this thing even lasts six months, and I'm probably not even going to go because I'm I'm the last, I'm, I'm hmm. the only son. And they're like, well, do you, does your dad have a brother? I said, yeah. I said, does your, bro does your dad's brother have a son? I'm like, yeah. Well, then you're good. You're hmm. going. See you. Get on the plane. Before you get on the plane, let's pull 10 Damn. of your teeth. If you'd brush him once in a while. <laughs> You go out on a cold day and you exhale and we can see what bad breath looks like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was the 0203 time frame as well. You know, like everybody's yeah. scared because of uh, this, this war and everything. And, you know, you get into basic training, watching full metal jacket. Sure. Wake up private pal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So you get soldiers that'll try to come up with, every situation they've ever seen in the movie to get out of deployment. Yeah. Dude, that was when uh, a friend of mine got out of the military because she said she was a lesbian. And that was before, like, don't ask, don't tell. Don't ask, don't tell, yeah. yeah right. That's gone. So, I mean, you look at over the period of time how things have changed. and It's unfortunate, and I feel bad because I wish that that recruiter that you would talk to, and believe me, if you wanted to be in a branch of service, the Air Force is the branch you want to be. Yeah. You know, I mean... Uh, the army, we, uh, we get to sleep in tents covered in mold and eat mush, uh, that was dug up yesterday where the air force gets paid extra money to sleep in barracks that only the army would find acceptable and they get steak and lobster six nights a week. But hence why their nicknames, the chair force, right? right? The chair force. Right. Exactly. The air force where I was at in uh, 2003, they had to stay in a tent and they were getting extra pay to stay in a tent like we're like this is high living unsuitable living <laughs> conditions yeah no it's definitely the branch to be in but it's a very selective branch i mean not 
I mean, they have a line out the door yeah. to get in. I mean, and maybe it's maybe it's. I guess what I'm getting from you guys is maybe this recruiter just kind of took took a first impression of me. And was like, man, this scrawny little five foot seven, hundred and twenty some pound kid isn't going to make it. <laughs> like, and probably was just trying to scare me off or something. I don't know. <laughs> I think that the recruiter just had this a, a lack of knowledge. Sure, he heard something, or or he or she heard something. And was just like, oh, crap, you're the only child or only male. Uh, we can't. Do yeah. It. I wish that he or she would not have said, don't bother talking. To the other. Yeah. I was like, okay. Because, you know, the the army, you know, setup was right next to this this bench or, you know, this, you know, setup or whatever. Or, you know, whatever one right. was next to it. It was like, okay, cool. If not you guys. I'll try whatever else. So, you know, I was looking to just to, to get in and kind of do my four. Right. Um, but, yeah, it it's. It, it's unfortunate because I really wanted to because at the time, you know, this was really the beginning of the war on terror. I don't think anyone could have anticipated a, a two decades long war at this point. But you know, I was wanting it's still going yeah. on, but yeah, <laughs> still going. Um, but yeah, I was I was wanting to really to to get in and kind of see what it was about. Um, yeah, I it, it sounds like maybe this this recruiter just fell asleep in a meeting and then just kind of listened to buzzwords <laughs> and was like, oh, soul survivor. Okay, cool. Shit. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yep. That's it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. I mean, we've had uh, people who have gone all the way through uh, talking to the recruiter, whether it be for the Marines or the Air Force, they go all the way through, they go through uh, MEPS, which is the military entry processing station. Yeah. And for whatever reason, maybe they um, maybe they bumped their head too hard five years ago. And that branch of service says, sorry, we can't take you. Mm -hmm. And six months later, they walk into the Army National Guard station. They're like, can you guys help me? And we're able, not in all cases, but sometimes we're able to figure out a way to work around that yeah. so that you can serve. Can you eat a crayon? <laughs> that's that's not our branch. Right. Well, that's the infantry. <laughs> Between the infantry and the Marines, they go through a lot of crayons. Oh Lord, man! I hope I didn't make you cry on that one. I, I mean, it was, it was, I, it was a great topic. Oh yeah, no, 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 no tears, <laughs> no, tears. no tears. Years later, no tears. Years later, no tears. All good. So, John, tell us a little bit about uh, video game lounge. What you do? I mean, I know, I do know because I do listen. <laughs> that you all it. like to have a little toddy yeah. while you're uh, while you're doing your your show and yeah. So. It's uh, it's me and and my buddies Andrew and Kevin, um, just three friends getting together, cracking open a cold one. Uh, we we kind of just open the show with two questions: what you drinking, what you playing. So um, it's whatever current beer, whiskey, bourbon, whatever we're drinking, and then we just get into some games that we're playing currently. And then each episode is kind of a topic of, you know, we'll get into our favorite video game characters or things we don't like or do like about video game as it's. Uh, video games as they are today or just different kind of things it's just three guys hanging out drinking and talking video games it's mostly you know retro and you know just reminiscing really so just three guys trying to figure it out i think that's what i like most about it, it is the podcast is more personable yeah it's it's about uh, a couple just kind of like bacon and i it's a couple guys that we just this is our passion and we're just going to kind of bs about it and hopefully somebody learns something along the way yeah Hopefully somebody listens. Yeah. <laughs> that too. Well, hey, that too. I, I do listen. So, uh, and, and I have said before, like sometimes some of your episodes, you get deep into the storylines and the characters. Yeah. And here I am, like, I, I play Diablo. Yeah. 
like, like, what's the storyline? I just crawl around and kill shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Mario. <laughs> yeah, Mar- I play Mario Kart. Yeah, that's it. Well, I know I had pitched it to you, CR, and I talked to you in uh, DM a little bit for another idea for maybe another show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I call it the 10 minute. I like what did I call it 10 minutes, something, something to do with 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> the 10 minute BBC. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> ain't no BBC. That's uh, anyway, come on. It was like a 10 minute phone app game review idea. I, it's a working title. Yeah. That? But is that something that you guys think would go? It'd be 10 minutes. You just download a game off of Google play or what Apple, what's, what's the Apple thing out there? iOS. Yeah. Apple store. Yep. It's the Apple store. And you, uh, you play it for a day and then after a day, you just write down like some quick notes. You record a 10 minute episode and, uh, drop it. Yeah. I, I, I like the idea. I, I really do. And, and I need to kind of propose it to, to the guys on the, on VGL. Um, but yeah, I, I think doing little just, 10 minute quirky episodes like that would be kind of fun be like all right this week uh we're doing solitaire or <laughs> or whatever right exactly oh this week yeah ball breaker <laughs> there's actually a there's actually a game on the uh the apple uh app store that's called ligma balls <laughs> what hold on spelled l-i-g-m-a he's going ligma for balls. it <laughs> yeah ligma balls but yeah, just something like that, right? Like, oh, this week we're talking about solitaire, uh, you know, and with a twist, it's yeah. you build a house yeah. with the matches or, you know, whatever. I don't know. But there's all kinds of those in-app ads that pop up. It's like, download now. And it's like, I need another thing to kill my battery. So let's go. I'm waiting for my live stream fill. I don't play a whole lot of like phone games, but every once in a while I'll jump in there and find something. So like the last game that I downloaded was Galaga Wars Plus. I love the game. Love the game. But, like, I remember back in the day when I played Galaga Wars, at least I had three lives. Right. Now I have one life. And if I die, I have to spend coin to get another life. And now I have no coin, so I have to start all over. Mm, That sucks. The graphics are there. The game is great. But the game is five minutes because I have to start over every five minutes. Galaga Wars. Galaga Wars. This is a VGL 10 minute. Yeah, I, I guess. And we'll have to come up with like a Simply Stogies like rating system, you know, like it's it's an <laughs> 8.7. That that point seven is is the graphics. <laughs> yeah, I think you, I think we could figure out a way to get it to. Uh, so you you rate it and it's between one and five stars. Yeah. I mean, come on. That's what games yeah. do. But it could be like 4.7. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe instead of stars, it's just like little controller icons or something. <laughs> right? Yeah, it could be. It could be four point seven Discord underwear pictures. Yeah. They, oh, there you go. Dig it. Oh, wait. They're supposed to be controllers, aren't they? Right. Or like the little heart logos. Yeah. From Zelda. Yeah. Fa- oh yeah. Four hearts. I give this four point two hearts. Yeah, but then people think it's a love fucking show or something. Like, oh, join us on 10 minutes of hearts. Yeah, uh, fair point. Uh, We could use shit emojis. Swords. We could do swords. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're still clearly working out the details. (laughs) More to follow. Stay tuned for 10 minute. Ginormous stay tuned for our little 10 minute segments. 10 minute app review. Looks like that's another mission completed. The 30-mile check ride in the bag. Hit us up, podcastefm at gmail.com. Or follow Podcast EFM on Instagram. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm Sergeant Bacon. And I'm Sergeant Seagar. As always, eyes forward. March. March.
Time for some legal shit. The views and opinions expressed right here on EFM are that of our own. They do not reflect those of Creative Brain Candy or their affiliates. Thank mm-hmm. you.